Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft and today some clothing of nature photography. It is the 22nd of February 2024, podcast number 92 and this is coming to you from Sweden at the moment. I'm in Sweden. I finished my Arctic Fox workshop in winter a few days ago. I think it was four or five days ago now. This year I drove up from Keflavik to Izafira uh, rather than fly up. Uh, the trip went extremely well. I'm going to be doing a full written report on that trip in the coming weeks. I've already drafted it. I haven't as yet had a chance to process any of the photographs from that expedition. The reason for that is, is here in Sweden at the moment, I do not as yet have a high quality photographic monitor. I'm just working on my laptop and I really despise processing photographs on my laptop. It just sucks. So that, I mean, maybe I'm just a bit spoiled because I'm used to working on high quality photographic displays with a wide gamut that have great luminance and they're even from side to side. So I think I'm a bit spoiled and I just, I don't like to process images on my laptop. So I am waiting until I get back to Australia and that will not be until the 1st of April. I'm going to be in Sweden for a couple more weeks before I head back to Iceland and then up to Greenland for my Greenland winter expedition. That's a dog sled expedition that's going to be looking, primarily we're going to be looking for wildlife, but of course we'll also take in any opportunities we get for landscape. There's likely to be some big icebergs frozen in place uh, out in the ocean, so obviously I would love to use those as both landscape elements uh, in wildlife images, but also as landscape uh, photographs on their own. So we'll see how that goes. I'll have a little bit more to say about that uh, expedition in another podcast. It is a test trip. Uh, it'll be not the first time I've been to Greenland in winter. I've done Greenland in winter before, but this will be a new test trip using dog sleds instead of snowmobiles. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, snowmobiles are problematic in Greenland. They're very hard to source. They're very expensive and they're very noisy as well. So they're not great for wildlife. Dog sleds allow us to move around a lot more quietly and should give a far better result for wildlife. So I will have more to say about that, as I said, when we get closer. Uh, I just wanted to briefly mention that I had wrapped up the Arctic Fox trip, uh, and that I will have a full report on, report on that. I probably won't publish it to my blog until I get back to Australia and I have a chance to process some photographs and add those in as well. I really don't want to publish just the text. I am actually planning to bring one of my photographic displays over here to Sweden, uh, to my house here in Sweden, and uh, that will live here permanently. I just haven't had a chance yet to bring it over. When I came over this time, it was via Canada for my Snowy Hour workshop, and I didn't want to travel with the big box, uh, with the monitor in it from Australia to Canada, and then from Canada all the way over to Sweden. So that will come back with me uh, when I come back to Sweden later this year for... Um, for my Greenland summer trip to Skorsbysund. So there's a lot of travel coming up this year. So that's why I'm getting a bit confused in my head. So at the moment, as I said, I'm in Sweden. I've got the trip coming up to Iceland and on to Greenland. Then I will be heading back to Australia for a month uh, before I head over to Africa for two back-to-back -back trips. The first of which will be to Namibia and the second of which will be to Zululand in South Africa. I'm looking forward to both of those very much. I'm then going to go back to Australia for a couple of months before I come back to Sweden uh, before heading up to Greenland and that's when I think I'll be able to bring the monitor over here to Sweden as well as some more cold weather clothing that I want to have living over this side of the pond where it's a bit more usable and a bit more accessible. It's just going to save me 
traveling back and forth with a lot of clothing, having an extra house here in, uh, in Scandinavia. And it's a great place to be uh, where I am here, about an hour and a half from Gothenburg. So let's come to the topic of the day, which is going to be cold weather photography gloves for photographers. Now, if you've ever photographed in cold weather, you know what the problem is straight away. It's a balancing act between having enough manual dexterity and tactile feel through the glove uh, and having enough warmth uh, so that your fingers stay warm. Now, over the years that I've been doing this, I, have, I think I have probably purchased not less than realistically probably 50 pairs of gloves for photography. Almost all of them live in a box and never get used. And there's a number of reasons for that. And I think the key one is that none of these gloves have been designed by photographers for photographers. All of them are multi-purpose gloves or have been designed for some other purpose, often hunting is a big one. Uh, and gloves that have been designed for things like hunting are not necessarily ideal for cold weather photography shooting. In fact, they're not. And that's been my experience. So I'm not going to rant about the different types of gloves and how bad they are. But I do want to talk about some of the ones that I have tried and talk a little bit about what I have found works and what doesn't work quite so well. Now, probably the most popular glove out there at the moment for photographers working in cold weather. Uh, and let's define cold weather. Let's just say anything that you need to wear a glove for uh, when your hands get, are going to get cold. So if you're the type of person who has hands that get cold very, very easily, you're going to need gloves much, much sooner than someone like myself who has luckily very good circulation in my hands and I rarely need gloves. But there are t lots of times I do need them. So let's start with one of the more popular ones at the moment that I see a lot anyway, and that is the, the glove by the company Heat 3. Now, these have been around for quite a while uh, now, and I've had quite a few pairs of them over the years. I've got some problems with them. They are not ideal, and this is not a full review of these gloves. This is just my thoughts and impressions, having used them a lot in the field. Now, this is a system that is a three-layer system, so basically it's designed with a liner, and then a second layer, and then an outer mitt as well. So depending on the conditions that you're working in, you can work with either one, two, or three layers. Now, the base merino wool layer is a pretty standard merino wool glove. Uh, there's not there's many, many types of these sort of gloves on the market. There's nothing special about these. Other than, I will say, I don't believe the build quality on these gloves is to be that is that good. I've probably been through two or three pairs of these liners. I just find the stitching comes apart. They don't last very long. They're not finished particularly well. And they're not inexpensive for, you know, for what you're buying either. In my opinion, gloves that are costing that sort of money should be properly finished. That means the stitching should be properly finished off, uh, tied up so that it doesn't come undone. As I said, I've probably been through two or three pairs of the liners. Uh, they have refined them over the years. There is now a thicker version of the liner. It is a little bit better than the previous thinner liners, but it's still not ideal. And it's particularly not ideal if you shoot Canon cameras, uh, particularly the Canon EOS R3 and the 1DX Mark III. Uh, and why I single out those two cameras is because both of those cameras have this I, I think it's IR, touch-sensitive autofocus button. Now, it's brilliant. You can simply uh, slide your thumb, if you're back button focusing, around the button on the back of the camera, and the focus point moves around the screen. It's brilliant. It is revolutionized uh, moving focus points around the screen for me because I used to do it via the joystick, and that, of course, meant having to lift your finger off the focus button. But now with this new 
uh, touch sensitive button that Canon has developed. You don't have to do that. You can keep your button, you'll keep your button, keep your finger on the button, slide it around, move the focus point and lock it when you're ready by simply pushing that button. Now, why would you want to do this? Well, there are lots of times when eye tracking doesn't work. Uh, I was just shooting foxes in Iceland in a very, very heavy snowstorm. Uh, the fox was barely visible in the snow and simply it was impossible for the camera to find the eye, at which point I needed to be able to use a single focus point, put it where I knew the fox was and focus that way, which meant I need to, to use the touch sensitive focus button, which means that that was problematic because I was wearing gloves. And as I've said, those liners from the heat company uh, don't work uh, with the IR touch sensitive button on the Canon. Now, it's not particular just to those liners either. Virtually all touch sensitive gloves that I have tried, and over the last month I've gone on a buying spree of gloves, purchasing probably in excess of $500 worth of different touchscreen gloves to test them with the Canon IR focus button. There's one glove only that I have found that it reliably works every single time with the Canon focus button, and I'll come to that glove in a little while. Uh, it's not perfect either, by the way. And um, I have also tried uh, gloves, touched it. I'll back up from that. Some of the gloves I recently tried in that purchase were from large companies such as Black Diamond, Patagonia, uh, Pumori, uh, many hunting companies who make gloves that are supposed to be for shooting in cold weather climates. Uh, I have tried gloves from Petzl. I have tried gloves from many of the mountaineering companies, including Arcteryx. I have tried gloves from Sealskins. I've tried many, many different brands. None of them uh, work properly with the IR sensitive button on the camera. However, they do work well with iPhones, which is what they have been designed to work with. And I think that's the key factor here. Just because a glove says that it's touch sensitive doesn't necessarily mean it's, mean it's going to work with Canon's IR autofocus button. In fact, it probably means it won't. Uh, that has been my experience. So let's come to this one glove that does. And then I'll talk about the pros and cons of it. So the company that manufactures this glove is the Icelandic company 66 North. Now, I'm going to put a link to this glove in the show notes. It's not an affiliate link. I don't get any sort of uh, commission from this or, or payment. It's simply the only glove I've found that works reliably with the Canon Touch focus button. So why does it work? I don't know. It's simply got a different type of touch material. Uh, it has like a crosshatch pattern on the touch area on the thumb and forefinger, and that works very, very well. It's a Polartec glove. It's not inexpensive coming in at around, I think it's around 50 or 60 euro a pair. So quite an expensive glove. The problem I have with this glove is it does stretch quite a bit. So I suggest that you buy slightly smaller than you think you might need because the glove does stretch. But it also has a flared wrist, meaning that uh, at the point at which the glove begins to cover the wrist, it flares out. And I don't like that because that allows snow uh, and moisture and things like that to get in between the glove and your and your hand. And it's, a, it's an entry point for, for wet and damp things. So particularly snow. I prefer to have a glove such as one of the black diamond gloves I have here, where the wrist section is actually quite tight and you can slide it under a jacket. And that helps protect from both the wind, snow, rain, and the elements. And it just gives a better fit overall. So these six gloves from 66 North are not perfect. However, they are thin enough to be used as a base layer. 
So in temperatures where it's not extremely cold, you can use just this glove, as I was doing in Iceland when I was photographing Arctic fox last week, and get away with it because that, that single glove is usually enough for me. In colder climates, you're going to need to layer it over the top with some sort of other glove. And that brings me to the issue of exposing fingers uh, when you're photographing in cold weather climates. Because if you're going to use a touch sensitive glove like this one from 66 North, then you're going to need some sort of liner over the top, not liner, but some sort of protective glove or warmer glove over the top that's going to leave the touch area exposed. Now, typically, the way this is handled by manufacturers is they make one of the fingers or the forefinger flip back so that it can stay, you can pull it off the finger and it flip it back and hold it in place with magnets. Now, I think this is one of those concepts that is better in theory than it is in practice because in practice, it's a pain in the ass. Having to remove that finger and flip it back over itself and then secure it with a magnet is a real pain in the ass when you're trying to work in the field in blowing snow, uh, often it sticks to the liner that's underneath, so you, you, you struggle to pull that finger over the top. And then once that finger is off, uh, it often gets in the way. It's bulky, it's held in place by a magnet at the back typically, uh, it doesn't always hold in place well, uh, and it's just not a great solution. So unfortunately, no one has come up with a better, a better solution to this problem at the moment. I have some thoughts on how it can be done better, and I am having some very early discussions through a friend of mine with a company on potentially building a better glove for cold weather photography. We'll see if that goes anywhere. I hope it does. It's very, very early days, but there has to be a better way to handle this. Now, the company I mentioned early on, Heat Company, uh, that does the Heat 3 glove, they use this solution of a fallback finger. So do the Norwegian company Villeroy, uh, which I have a pair of their mid-weight gloves as well. And there are many others on the market too, but all of them suffer that same problem. It's problematic uh, to pull back both the thumb and forefinger so that you can access, or have easier access if you like, or better tactile feel through your thumb and forefinger because they're bulky and they get in the way. And that also brings me to the problem of battery heated gloves. The same thing applies with battery heated gloves. Almost all of them are far too, uh, lack any sort of uh, uh, tactile sensation through the fingers f to enable you to operate the camera well. They're bulky, you need to carry batteries for them, you need to charge them, those batteries need to be stored somewhere in the glove, they're heavy. The list of problems with battery heated gloves goes on and on, and so they're not an ideal solution either. In my opinion, having done this for a very long time now, the best solution would be to sit down and actually design from the ground up a system of gloves that would work very, very well for cold weather photography. It would begin with a hybrid type glove. That means I would like to see a glove built with the same sort of tactile material that's used in the 66 North glove for the forefinger and thumb because that works with the Canon camera's IR focus button. And then I would like to see a glove built uh, similar to the, one of the black diamond gloves I have that has that tight wrist area to keep moisture and uh, uh, snow out. And then I'd like to see suede used on the palm that is very comfortable. It doesn't scratch the camera, but it allows very, very good sensation against the camera. And then over the top of that, a mitt that needs to be built uh, with polar down or some sort of other material that can specifically have 
the thumb and forefinger piece removable, not fold back, but actually removable so that it can be taken off and then it's not in the way. This would be a great solution, I think, to the problem of operating cameras in cold weather environments. And of course, the colder the environment you're working in, the bigger the problem this becomes because the liner that you're wearing underneath that type of glove needs to be thicker and thicker in, in the colder temperatures that you work in. And even in temperatures around minus five degrees Celsius, it's very, very easy to end up with frozen fingers because the cameras get so cold as well. So real thought and attention needs to be paid to what is the right sort of glove for cold weather photography, the design of these gloves, and uh, getting it right from people who have actually used them in the field and field testing the product. Unfortunately, that isn't happening. As I said, I'm not aware. If someone is, knows of a glove that's designed specifically for photographers, please let me know because all the ones I have found to date have been designed for other activities such as hunting, uh, even kayaking, things like that, all sorts of outdoor activities but not photography first. Hunting gloves have the same sort of concept an idea whereby the trigger finger is designed to have a lot of tactile sensation so that you can feel the weight on the pull on the trigger. Now, in theory, that's very, very good for photography as well, but not when you start to take into account things such as touch-sensitive AF buttons, the thumb as well. That's obviously extremely important for photography if you're doing back button focus as well. Now, obviously, all of this is coming from the perspective of someone who shoots with the camera in their right hand and the holding a big lens in their left hand or vice versa. It doesn't actually really matter. But I have found over the years too that quite often one of the solutions I like to employ is to wear two different types of gloves on my left and right hand. So the glove on my right hand would be a liner like that from 66 North that gives me the tactile sensation that I need for the camera. It lets me control the focus point button on the back and I can wear a much heavier glove on my left hand that doesn't require the tactile sensation to support a lens particularly if I'm supporting it by laying on the snow itself. I have also found over the years that uh, it's best to size up in, size down in liners, but size up in mid-weight and outer gloves. And the reason for that is mid uh, base liner gloves tend to stretch over time and you want a tight, tightish fit so that you the material doesn't slide around on your finger as you're using the camera. But for your mid-layer and outer layer gloves, it's good to size up so that you have some space inside to trap warmth and to allow for liners underneath. I think that's really, really important as well. Uh, one of the gloves that I have purchased that I love as an outer liner, outer liner, outer layer, I should say, in extremely cold conditions is a glove by the com uh, Norwegian company. I think it's called uh, Hest or Hast or something like that. I'll look it up. I'll try and find a link to it in the show notes. It's a big mitt. It's designed for snowmobiling. Uh, it's fantastic as an outer glove on my left hand when I'm supporting a heavy lens in very, very cold temperatures. I mean, things like minus 20 degrees and below, it's even good to minus 50. I have used them snowmobiling in those sort of temperatures and they've been great. So those work extremely well. It's really the base layer against the skin and that mid-layer glove that really needs thought from a photographer's perspective. So I'm hopeful that uh, my search, the search does continue. I'm not done with uh, buying uh, outdoor gloves. I am done with buying gloves uh, without testing them in the store with the Canon camera though, because I have purchased so many gloves in recent weeks that have told me that they're touch sensitive. I get them onto the Canon camera at home and they simply don't work.
So that I'm not going to do anymore. I will take the camera with me into the store in the future and test to see whether that actually works before buying them. But I am going to put a link to those 66 North gloves in the show notes because, as I say, they are the only ones currently that I have come across that actually work reliably every single time with the Canon IR focus button on the back of the camera. And again, this might sound like a very small, very niche problem, but it really isn't. There are a lot of people shooting in cold weather environments these days, and there's a lot of people shooting Canon EOS R3 and Canon 1DX Mark III cameras still. And I strongly suspect we're going to see, uh, in fact, I know that we're going to see this same IR focus button used on the Canon EOS R1 when it's announced very, very shortly as well. Uh, you may even see it trickle down into other cameras such as an EOS R5 Mark II. I don't know about that yet. We'll see in due course. But it is a fantastic solution for focusing in the field. It's better than anything else I've ever come across. Uh, it's simply that we now need to think about the glove choice more if we want to take advantage of that when we're in the field. And I certainly do. Because I'm often shooting in inclement weather, uh, I need to be able to switch to a manual focus point. I need to be able to move it around uh, on demand without having to take a glove off, particularly if it's minus 20 degrees and below, uh, because that simply is problematic for a number of reasons. First of all, it's extremely cold, but second of all, by the time you get the glove off, there's a fair chance the wildlife might have moved on from the ideal position. So that's, uh, that's food for thought as well. As I said, my search is going to continue for the perfect glove for photographers. I believe there's a big enough market there for a company to create a line of perfect gloves for photographers, but I do believe they need to work with people in the field. They need to get feedback. The gloves need to be tested. And um, that's the only way to come up with a great solution. So I think that's that's about it for today. That's what I wanted to sort of talk about is my thoughts on cold weather gloves from the point of view of a photographer and not from the point of view of uh, a photographer who's trying to use gloves that are not really built for photography because it just doesn't work. It's frustrating. Uh, to have gloves in the field that are not doing the job that I want them to do. And one of the, I only require two things from my gloves when I'm in the field. I want them to keep my hands warm for three things. I want them to keep my hands warm, I want them to be able to use the camera, and I want the glove to get out of the way and not be a problem. No glove I have found can do all three of those things yet. Um, I'll let you know when I find one. So I think that's it for today. It's been a rainy day here in Sweden. In fact, it's been a bit of a rainy week since I got back from Iceland. Uh, just that time of year, spring thaw is coming here. Uh, there's still some snow on the ground here and there, but it's patchy, uh, mostly in the deep forest now. But um, warm weather, I hope, is going to come soon, and it'll be nice to take a walk in the forest here. So that's it for today. I'm Josh. It has been the 22nd of February. Is that the 22nd? I think it's the 22nd. Close enough. 22nd of February, 2024, podcast number 92. Look forward to seeing you out in the field. Take care.